Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are starting off November with While You Were Sleeping from 1995. This is a personal favorite of mine, and I and norm- I just saw it for the first time. And this, yeah, this is. Um, I feel like it, whenever you tell me that you've seen a movie for the first time for the podcast, I'm always <laughs> shocked. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I watched. I watched this one actually a lot when I was a kid, and I wanted to rewatch it for the podcast, which is normally something that I stay away from. Um, because if they're, if they're bad enough to be on the podcast, I don't want to admit that, but I was like, even if it's too good, I need to see Bill Pullman, not in Mr. Wrong. Oh yeah. This is the return of Bill Pullman to the podcast and he is better, (laughs) much better. (laughs) This is not Mr. Wrong and the return of Sandra Bullock to the podcast since we did Hope Floats like a long time ago. It was one of our like first 10 episodes, like way back. It's actually surprising that she hasn't been on it more, but there's time. Yes. Yeah, there is time. And this director, uh, (laughs) his name is, wow. Wow. This isn't just a Bojack name. His name is John Turtletob, and I totally thought that that was just a fake name made up for Bojack. Yeah, I mean, because you never hear it, <laughs> and you, and honestly, since it's real, you should hear it all the time. Okay, yes, and and uh, John directed Three Ninjas, Cool Runnings, Phenomena, which is that one where I think uh, John Travolta has like powers or something. Or- I mean, it sounds right. Uh, <laughs> sounds on brand. <laughs> Disney's the kid with with Bruce Willis. Oh my gosh! The first National Treasure movie, the second National Treasure movie. Right. Well, we got consistency here. Uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. What? <laughs> so this is a guy who gets where? Oh, he also directed what? The Meg, that thing with the big shark. Wait, that came out this year? Yeah, yeah, so it's still working. Yeah, it's still, it's still in theaters. I have not cared about it at all <laughs> or seen it. But, I mean, it might be good. Yeah. He's, he's obviously created some other work that I care about. Uh, Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Okay, um, well, interesting, Turtle Tom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he got some heavy hitting actors. I'm trying to look at the writers. This might be the only movie that they've written, but I can't tell because Wikipedia is weird. So I got to open up IMDb. Are they, they're like, there's a paywall now. Oh, my God. You know, I just IMDb is good for information and bad for ratings. I wish people would stop taking IMDb ratings seriously, by the way. That's just an aside. Well, because, like, who do you know that rates anything on IMDb, right? It's just, like, you have to, you don't know who these people are. It's very weird. Yeah. I guess they're just like, oh, yeah, it's a people's consensus. But, like, who are who's, these people? Who's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go put my opinion on IMDb. Everybody's just like, oh, what else are they in? And then you go to IMDb. Right. And, and you get the juice. I don't know. I stopped. I stopped really trusting IMDb with anything aside from casting and like writing writing and directing assignments after 
uh, every a bunch of people on IMDb decided that <laughs> the Dear White People, the movie, was racist and gave it like a really low rating when oh it came out. Oh my gosh. And it was just like, okay, well, if we can. That's literally the point of the movie. If there's like an organized <laughs> attack on Dear White People on IMDb, we could probably say that we don't we don't have to trust it it's like yeah <laughs> if, if that's the way that it functions like the it's just like of course you know <laughs> of course uh yes but it was written by daniel g sullivan and frederick lebeau or lebeau i'm not sure and this is the only movie that they wrote and they wrote it together well i mean what else will they do with bill pullman <laughs> <It's a> question <laughs> um, so while you were sleeping it's you know, I feel like it's the thing that was on a lot, like on on cable a lot. And I never watched it because I kept on, I'd get like 10 minutes in or something. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh no, this lie makes me so uncomfortable. It's I have to very, watch anything else. It's like, yeah, it's a movie that hinges on a lie and it's a movie that hinges on shenanigans and keeping up shenanigans because of the lie. And so I know that, that that stresses me out for sure. But I know I know a lot of people like don't want to watch things like that because they're just stressful the whole time because you're just like, this doesn't need to happen. <laughs> so um, I feel like while you were sleeping can, for me, because I watched it as a kid, it's, there's a lot of nostalgic value. But I feel like watching it for the first time as an adult, it's a very stressful movie. Yeah. Um so the plot is basically this. We we start with a flashback, which is funny because Sandra Bullock actually comments on the fact that it's a flashback by pointing out like the orange tint yes. that you see. She's <laughs> like, oh, like, I remember oh. my childhood. And then she goes, well, it wasn't that orange. Oh, <laughs> very cute. Um, And talks about her dad and how he gave her mother a snow globe and it it was like gave her the world oh wait no no the mom gave it oh the mom gave it to him you know like that but the mom's like uh she died oh yeah she died she She died died. so the mother the mother is just like an idea she's never like in it and and then the father dies too so she doesn't have family but like it's all about like her dad being like yeah Life isn't globe. the way that it turns out to be. And like that's those two things. It's like, oh yeah, it doesn't life doesn't turn out the way that you think it will, and uh snow globes. Yes. And like, and it's very much, you know, like we don't have money and and it's really hard to like there's a very heavy undertone in the whole movie, but especially with the beginning, like she's like, sometimes we go in the car when it worked and like go, you know go to the woods and stuff. And so there's very much this, like her father's, her father wanted to travel the world and he didn't get to, um, because you know, capitalism sucks. Um, yeah. Blame capitalism. Yeah. (laughs) And then, yeah. And then it flashes to her as an adult and she's working for, uh, the MTA or the CTA cause it's in Chicago. Um, and yeah, she works in the, in the booth and she has a crush on a guy who rides the train. And it is Peter Gallagher. Yes. And she just kind of, you know, obsesses over him and is just like, oh, he's my perfect guy, even though I've never actually really met him. And she just remembers all these details about him and blah, blah, blah. And she lives alone in a building with a bunch of, you know, wacky characters, including one who's an actor who's, who later ends up on The Sopranos. Um, 
Michael Rispoli, yeah. Joey. <laughs> who like basically thinks that they should be together. He's one of those like suitors that he's like, Roger, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah he's very like, like in the first scene that you meet him, um, uh, Sandra is like bringing his dad a gift um, or his uncle or someone who lives in the building. And, and then he's there and he's like checking her out and he's like, ah, oh, nice sweater. And then he's like, and then he bends over and you can see his crack and his uncle's like, he's single. And so you're like, okay, that, that guy, <laughs> like <laughs> this guy in the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a, it, it's a thing where it's just like, she's alone. Mm-hmm. Isn't. Oh yeah. Isn't I mean, there's, it voice, sad? there's like voiceover at the beginning. And she lives with her cat and like her dad's dead and she didn't have siblings. And um, yeah, it's very much like she assumed that she would start a family or that she would travel. And, you know, she's working. She's working all the time. And like and her boss asks her um, if she'll work on Christmas because, because she, she doesn't have a family. She so who, family. who does she need to hang out with? And she always wears holidays. It's interesting, though, because she like really gets along with her coworkers. It's obvious she does have friends. Yeah, she's a the, the <coughs> thing is, is that she doesn't really have any social problems. She's a really nice, like well-adjusted person. <laughs> yeah. So it's weird to me that I'm supposed to believe that it's hard for her to find someone and that it's hard for her to like... And that you just like obsess over Peter Gallagher of all people. That's such a strange. I can we? I'm not sh- out here, you know, trying to body shame, but I don't really get it. I don't like, get. I it don't either. like. I don't get his ouvoir or whatever he's supposed to have. Like, I guess they just picked like an actor, and they're like, "Well, he is handsome, and so she's." But like to have such a plot that hinges on this infatuation, like I've definitely had those crushes where I'd never talked to them. I, I think everyone has. Um, but like he didn't, he didn't even wear like a funny coat, you know, like there wasn't something distinguishable. She did notice that he always gave up his seat on the train. Yeah. Because she like spied. (laughs) Yeah. It's so, I I don't know. It's very strange that she's into him because he's kind of played up as this pretty boy. He's kind of played up as he's the pretty boy in the family. He's like way too hot and clean cut for her. Whereas like. Jack, played by Bill Pullman, is seen as like the, you know, the kind of like all knowing kind of like he's like the smart Alec who is never as like good with girls. in the shadows kind of yeah brother, which is just which is just weird to me. It's very much like a um, you know, Dermot Mulroney in the Family Stone, and then um. Uh, Luke Wilson. Yeah, yeah. He's very much like the Luke, but it's like, but it's like we all know Luke Wilson is can get it, right? Exactly. And like, it's like Bill Pullman can get it, and and he has a personality. Like, yeah, like if I saw Bill Pullman, I would remember him more than Peter Gallagher. And again, it's not. It's about like this, the the charm, the kind of. I have a crush on Bill Pullman, everyone. <laughs> he is really hot in this. Like yeah. I was I was just telling Bronwyn that uh, we I watched this with my boyfriend and at times I would just he would talk while Bill Pullman was talking and I was just like, Why are you Yeah Why are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> why are you talking while Bill Pullman I was talking? watching this at a coffee shop <laughs> and it was funny because like there was this woman working near me 
and I could I I totally caught her like watch like trying to figure out what I was watching. <laughs> like <laughs> and I was like, yeah, she she I mean he's so fine. He's he like is. he's like wearing plaid, he's like moving furniture. His hair quaff and oh. like oh yeah. Also he builds furniture that is so mm, hot. Like I was like, getting I was getting my Aiden feels. Yeah, um, yes, exactly. Yeah, he was he was great. He's and very Aiden. I'm yeah. He is very Aiden. Mm-hmm. And and so I mean, <clears throat> yeah. Sandra has a crush on Peter Gallagher, and then he she ends up working on Christmas, and he um gets pushed on the tracks, gets pushed onto the train tracks, and she, which I've never seen happen. No, I've like, I've I've well, I haven't seen, but I've heard and been near all of the other situations possible, you know, mm. the jumping and the accidental falling and all of that and the drunkenness. But yeah, he gets pushed and then she just runs out there with like ultimate reflexes, jumps on the track, saves his life. And then she goes to the hospital to see him. And they're like, um, excuse me, you're not family. And then like the nurse who was really cool. And I wish she was in more. Oh yeah. Love the nurse. Yeah. The nurse is like, like basically just lies for Sandra Bullock and is like, Oh, she's his fiance. Um, and, uh, well, actually well, it's, she hears, she hears Sandra Bullock whisper, I was going to marry him or something really ridiculous. Yeah. I, that is. Yeah. What she it whispered. was something like that. And so she was just like, oh, that must be the truth. And then, and then Sandra Bullock is brought into this room where his whole family is. And they're like, who's she? And the nurse is like his fiance. You don't know that. And then it's made very apparent that the family hasn't really been in like, you know, great touch with him. So even though they're surprised, they're like, okay, well, hi, you know? Um, and I mean, Peter Boyle is his dad. Oh my God. Love him. I love him so much. So much. And Glennis Johnson is, is his mom. And like, they're incredible. They're so funny. They in this are. Movie. They're so funny. Um, and then Jack Warden plays their neighbor, Saul, who's very much like an uncle figure. And mm -hmm. they're all incredible. Like the Everyone's incredible. Yeah. Yes. The, the thing, I think why I like this movie is the romance is probably the most, I mean, it's extremely contrived, but like the, f they do such a good picture of like family dynamics. Oh man. I like love you the really family. believe it. You, you know? know, in the end when she does her little speech about how she like, she fell in love with the family. I was like, I also fell in love with the right? family. I love like, these people. Can I come over for Thanksgiving? Yeah. Like, you guys are great. And so like, yeah, I mean, Peter Boyle is Peter Boyle. So he's like joking. Yeah. He's teasing her. He's, he's, uh, like not even suspicious he's just like okay like cool he's engaged whatever i bet you're cooler than the last girlfriend and then um glennis johns has heart problems and that's like a thing that comes up a lot in the movie um and so she's so shocked um that she like almost has i mean obviously she's traumatized because her her son is in a coma um that she almost has, I don't know, I don't know, full-blown heart attack, but something. And so, you know, Sandra Bullock is in this moment where everybody is immediately, like, asking questions. And they're like, oh, you're his fiancé. And she she just goes with it because she doesn't want this woman to have a heart attack. And she's already in the lie. And that is how the lie begins. And it's, uh, it's, it's so... <laughs> It's so silly. It's so silly. It's very, it's such a silly, like, like, I know they gave Glennis John's heart problems to just add another reason for her to lie, you know? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It, 
this movie is actually pretty charming. So it's actually it's kind of hard for me to be mad about it. I know. That's the thing. Like and I and that's why I was like, oh, although it's probably and, too good for the podcast. And it's, like, it's basically it, it's like it's like rom com. It's it's like a rom-com for a family. It, it's it is that. But it's also like when you look up rom-com, I feel like it's what comes up because, you know, when it even like while we're opening, it's playing that. This will be, which I've decided, exactly. which I've decided is officially K Jewelers music. Yes, yes. <laughs> like I'm not, like unfortunate. We need to make um a playlist of rom com music. Oh my god! It's and so... like like we could either do the very scientific version where we actually just like cross reference what has appeared in the movies we've done, or we could just do whatever feels right. The mood playlist. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes because it, it, so much of it's just like hijinks uh <laughs> yeah and like they're like because this happens on christmas they're all like you know they're all trauma bonding in the hospital because they're worried about peter and so they're all distracting themselves with sandra bullock so then the family invites her to come to christmas because they're like well we didn't really celebrate christmas because of this so you should come and she's like oh no 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 and they like like they're gonna have a late Christmas and they like give her their phone numbers and so you know of course she goes to Christmas and they give her a gift and she like there's that moment you know the camera like like shows her like oh like I got it like I'm part of the family or maybe I could be and that is when she ends up meeting Bill Pullman. Oh my God! And he shows up with Ooh, his deep yes. voice and penetrates, <laughs> <laughs> penetrates. Oh my God! Penetrating. This is actually an erotica podcast. The penetrating gaze. <laughs> <laughs> you really like. You really rolled into that. <laughs> it's just I love every it. look that he gives is just like, when are we having sex? Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And it's so weird because it's because it's Sandra Bullock and they don't they don't quite work. No. I kind of just imagined he was looking at me the entire time. Oh, yeah, and that, for and that sure. made it work for well, me. Well, it is funny because like we've seen him in two movies where he definitely didn't work with the woman. And I mean Mr. Wrong, that's the whole point. But like, you know, where but he's giving out like even in Mr. Wrong, before he turned into an abusive stalker, um, he like he gives off this vibe. <laughs> he gives off, yeah, he gives off a very, very sexual vibe that I don't think that he's often cast against that, at least not what we've seen. I was just like, I need somebody to I don't match know. And I his don't sexual get it. power. I felt like Hollywood, like, yeah, Hollywood thought of him as, like, the sarcastic guy or something. And it's not that he can't do that, but they, like, didn't realize that he was also just, like, the hot lead. Oh yeah, definitely like, a and, hot and lead. a way more interesting hot lead than a lot of hot leads. Oh yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so like basically, she crashes out on the couch after Christmas, as you do, and then you know she she's still technically awake, and like the sister, um, <clears throat> I guess uh, that's Allie Walker. Um, like no, Allie Walker is the. Oh wait, no, Allie Walker is the girlfriend. Oh wait, um, Monica. Oh, are you talking about Monica Kina? Yeah, Monica Kina, yeah. Oh, yeah, Monica Kina from Dawson's Creek. Yeah, Monica Kina lets... And she's so young in this. Like, yeah. She's like a teen. She's a baby. She lets in Bill Pullman, and uh, and and he's like, who's that? And she's like, "It's what? You don't know? It's Peter's fiance. She's great. Um, and he's like, oh, wow, weird. Okay. And then he, like, gazes at her and goes up the stairs and immediately, you know... I mean, I've seen this movie before, but that's when you know, oh, okay, it's going to happen. Something's going to happen there. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Um, basically, I mean, so like Peter Gallagher is in a coma most of this movie, um, which is like where the actual romance happens is um, Peter Gallagher is rich. The rest of his family isn't. He became a lawyer. He's very successful. He has a nice apartment in Chicago. The rest of the family's more kind of middle class. Um, and he, yeah, he hasn't really been in great touch with them. And it it's very apparent that Bill Pullman thinks that Peter Gallagher is a jerk. And Bill Pullman stayed at the family business with uh, Peter Boyle, which is they basically buy furniture from estate sales. So, um. Bill Pullman just doesn't really see Sandra Bullock as Peter Gallagher's fiance, and he immediately suspects something's going on. Yeah, he has, just has this line of questioning, <laughs> <laughs> which is great because the line of questioning and all of the suspicion kind of culminates in because Sandra Bullock over here is someone saying that they accidentally <laughs> like knocked out one of. <laughs> Peter Gallagher's balls with a pencil during basketball, which I would love to figure out how yeah. the exact physics of that. She like <laughs> runs into one of his friends and like like at the hospital and the, and like um the the nurse is like, "Oh, you like something something that indicates she's his fiance." And then like the friends like, "What?" like and then yeah, and then he tells her the story. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. It it's really so basically all of the questions stop when she's just like, he has one testicle. Yeah. And then they check him and he does. And then everybody's like, oh, wow. They're like, okay, <laughs> this is intense. But now we know that you're not like just some random woman, even though, you know, plot twist, she is. She is a random um, <laughs> And like this whole time, of course, it's just like, oh, my gosh, tell him. And she's talking to Jason Bernard, who is like her friend and co-worker. Um... And he's just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yes. Her very, her very trusty black friend. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, he's like in every scene where she's talking to him, she's like, okay, so like, you know, um, they think I'm engaged to Peter, but like his brother's kind of cool, but he also doesn't trust me and I don't know what to do. I'm and just like, <laughs> leave this old man alone. Yeah, Jason is tired. He's <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> He's like, I don't really, he, he's just like, okay, I don't really know what you want me to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, hey, this movie is really predictable. Do you want to talk about being from Chicago? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I lived in Chicago before here. And so it was funny because I was just like, like, it made me, I, like the MTA in New York is pretty bad right now because there's so many repairs. Everything's mm -hmm. rerouted all yeah. the time. And I mean, trains are trains and they're always getting fixed and whatnot, but Chicago trains actually run pretty well. And so it was really weird to feel nostalgia for riding the train <laughs> oh in Chicago, God. but it's like this whole movie. Um, yeah. This whole movie is just like, this woman working at the MTA who had a crush on a guy who rode the train. And then like one thing, one thing that I thought was interesting is that he rides the train, but he's also super rich. Um, yeah. Like, like I was like, if he, cause his apartment was nice enough. I was like, this guy would totally be taking taxis. Um, yeah. It's interesting that he rides the train. Yeah. But I, I want, I think like I want more, 
I want rom-coms about people who work at the MTA. I want one that's like, oh yeah, not, like I want, I want um, one that's not that doesn't need a coma, <laughs> like that doesn't need a bunch of lies. Yeah, um, yeah. because I think I I feel like there's so many rom coms about people working in publishing. Um, oh yeah, just like a bunch you know, of just like uh, yeah, a lot of job. Like what about like a lot the of, regular job? Like yeah, I guess yeah. that's what I'm saying is like I want more rom coms that are like yeah. This person works at the MTA. Um, this That's person- actually something that I liked about the new Ghostbusters is that uh, Leslie Jones's character worked for the MTA. And I kind of wish there was more. I want that. MTA visibility. Yes, <laughs> MTA visibility. Like, <laughs> because, yeah, because like, I'm just tired of seeing the same three jobs in every rom-com. And even when they're, even when it's a job, like, there's not even that many rom-coms about someone who works at a bar. Like, oh, there's yeah. a lot that take place in bars, you know, um, but it just so much of it is very corporate or like they're trying to make it big as a writer. Um, and I want more that are like, ah, oh, shit, you got to get someone to cover your shift. <laughs> like, yeah, um, that 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 aspect, I feel like makes it very charming and that the family like they have to go to the like there's a lot of work in this movie. Yeah. Um, and so even though it's the plot itself is deeply absurd, like falling in love with, I mean, you guys already knew, uh, but, you know, she falls in love with Bill Pullman. Yeah. Um, while his brother, Peter Gallagher, is still in a coma, but she still has not told him the truth. It's, it's all happening in a world that feels real. So that's an interesting aspect. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's actually... You know, we, oh, God, we have nice things to say about this movie. I mean, I guess we do. Like, there isn't, like, I mean, the, I don't like, have, what are, like, a, how I, do you feel about it? I can't tell how you feel I about this movie. It's, it's weird. I don't hate it. So, like, that's part of the reason why, like, I don't have a, I don't have, like, a whole ton to say about it. Because usually I'm fueled by either hate or fascination. And yeah. I can't say that I feel those things here. That um, makes sense. <laughs> but um hmm. yeah i don't know how i feel about this it was definitely just like a movie that happened to me i felt <laughs> oh it i felt it wash over a me movie that happened to you yeah and then i was just like well that didn't hurt me um i was not <laughs> offended do you think Bill, okay, because one thing we were talking about, like, before we started recording is, like, obviously we're into Bill Pullman, and I love Sonya oh, yes. Bullock as an actress, mm-hmm. but, like, they, and they make more sense than her and Peter Gallagher, because his character um, is, I mean, he's obviously in a coma most of the time, but even when he wakes up, like, he's he's very thinly drawn, he's just, like, corporate guy who's a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's, that's his thing. Um, but, like, they... This is such a sexless movie. <laughs> like yeah. there is no, there's no sex scene. There's really no insu- insinuation of sex. Yeah, there, there's one scene where Sandra Bullock and Bill Pullman almost kiss, and that's it. Um, it's a very chaste movie. It's for the yeah. fan. It's for the family. It is. It, it's a family film. And it does make sense because I actually watched it with my parents. I think the first time I watched it. Um, yeah, it's like oh, what it, I actually find the most fascinating thing is the idea of like falling in love with a family because I totally understand that as a person who is not super close to my own family, I find myself 
you know, creating families and in, in my friends and stuff like that. And when I do, I find myself feeling connected to the people that I've dates parents. Like I, they're ex-boyfriends that like, I hate, but like, I remember their moms and I'm just like, yeah. Oh man, she was, she was amazing. Or like the sailor that I dated, I loved his dad. And when his dad passed away, I was really sad. Like I was like, this was a guy that I really enjoyed talking to on the phone who had like more respect for me than his son did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're like, man, I just want to go hang out. And like, and, yeah. And that is like, that's the thing is like, I think that Sandra Bullock falling in love with the family feels way more sustainable and real than her falling in love with Bill Pullman. Like, yeah, definitely. It and, does. I, and I think that's because they don't feel like they have physical chemistry on screen. They have, I mean, he gives off major sexual vibes. Sandra Bullock doesn't seem like she wants to have sex with anyone ever in this movie. Not um, at all. They do feel like they would be really good friends. Like, oh, they yeah. They definitely seem like they buts. like each other. Total but, buds. But, like, it's not, like, I can't see them actually, yeah, I, I can't see them as a couple. Yeah. And, um... So that's, yeah, so it's interesting because, like, her connection with, yeah, just the whole family in general, Peter Boyle is just, like, the perfect kind of friendly dad to, a, to oh adopt yeah, you. I love him. Um, but, and I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, again, like, I don't know that I've seen Sandra Bullock. Like, she's a great actress, but it never feels comfortable. When it comes to her with male leads. Yeah, which is weird because she's always with them, it feels like. Yeah. I mean, not as much lately. I think uh, post uh, the proposal, I haven't really seen her do a rom-com since the proposal. Which, honestly, the proposal is like the most where I was like, I almost buy this. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) Um. She's funny and she's like got she's got such um, she has such an ability to flirt and connect in certain ways, like in a very like a a very human way. And that that is one thing I like about this movie is that they just like like he's getting out of the moving truck and she's like wearing a sweater. (laughs) Like no, like everybody just looks like the way people look in their everyday life. Yes. Um, And that's that's really nice. Um, there's no like waking up after sex with full makeup on and then like, you know, putting on stilettos and running to your like hundred thousand dollar a year job. It's just like people like getting up and they're hungover and they look at, you know, um, but yeah, she, she doesn't, it's interesting because it's like Bill Pullman has this overly sexual energy and Sandra Bullock has a non-sexual energy. Yeah. This is. I'm gonna make a graph about this later. I'm gonna get to the bottom. <laughs> I'm obviously very like. I'm obviously fixated. Yeah. Um, no. It was actually some of the elements of this reminded me of the wedding planner a little bit. Um, mostly just the uh, just her having like she's in a love triangle and it's like she doesn't want to fuck either one of them. Not even the one that she like. Actually, she's in like a love square because there's that other. Guy. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is so strange it oh yeah just, joey it, is a fun character he's i mean he's such a like cartoon but the actor like did a great job he's he's like he's because he's annoying and he's like sexist but he's also like but he's also the kind he's of guy also who like, lovable. totally like 
beat someone's ass if they hurt you. Exactly. Yeah, he's very much like, oh, ooh, are you wearing a black bra? But then he's also like, hey, you deserve better. And like, <laughs> like they have such a, they have a very believable uh, kind of neighbor friendship. I was like, I've, I feel like everyone's known that guy. Yeah. Like where yeah. you're like, oh, you're a creep and you're exhausting, but also you're, you're also kind of a sweet dummy. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He just like he fully like leaned into that role. <laughs> so I mean, so lis- listeners, you know how the plot of this movie is going to resolve. I mean, I mean, they're like a f- like even the twists are kind of weird because Peter Gallagher eventually does wake up and he doesn't remember proposing to Sandra Bullock, but his family basically tries to convince him that he has amnesia. And and like- yeah, and they have this doctor who who. Uh, Basically, there's there is an actual medical term for like you know uh, spotty or selective amnesia, and so everyone's convinced he has that. And of course, Sandra Bullock still hasn't told the truth um, because every she, time she she's about Saul, to, she wants Saul to do it for her. And oh I'm yeah, just like, all right, girl. So Saul, the neighbor guy, overheard her talking to Peter. So so she came and like talked to Peter while he was in a coma, which is you know very classic. She was like oh, I got in this situation and I'm lied and I feel so bad. I don't know what to do. And so I guess Saul heard that and he tells her that. And he's like, I understand why you're lying. Like, they really need you right now until he comes back. And like, basically he tells her to keep lying. She she has a few people. Actually, even Jason Bernard tells her to keep lying. He's Everyone like, tells her to keep lying. It's so strange. That was so weird. That <laughs> was such bad advice. That was maybe the biggest suspension of disbelief to me was like, that everybody, all these people who seemed like cool, smart people were like, yeah, you should keep lying. I'm like, no, you, where is your friend that will tell you to not lie? <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, then Peter Gallagher, like basically Saul comes into Peter Gallagher's room and is like, she's amazing. I dare you to look her in the eye for two minutes. And if you can't, and, and like, she saved your life. And like, and if you can't fall in love with her, then, then dump her and go back to being a jerk. Um, and so then, of oh, course... Putts. Oh, yes, he's like, you're a putz. And so then <laughs> Peter's, like, super, like, into this idea of being reborn, but it's obviously on a very superficial level. And so he's just like, Yeah, just wow. basically just like this... this this average woman like i feel like that's the implication he doesn't say it but i feel like the implication is this normie is going to fix me and make oh, me yeah. humble <laughs> like i'm so deep because like yeah <laughs> oh and then the ultimate plot of course is when ali walker comes through oh yes i love this actress okay i really do and when i saw her i was like no i don't want you to be used this way but she does really she does, she does a really a good job. job with what she's given yeah where she shows up and she's like no peter is engaged to me and he's like no you you said no to my proposal and then you like moved away or something and she's like no well i was i was confused and blah 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 and he's and they they fight and stuff and then they're <laughs> it's revealed that like <laughs> He bought her a boob job and bought her a nose job. And he's just like, I want my things back. <laughs> like and her then she's nose. Like, what do you even need back? And he's like, your nose. And then she's like, you can't have my nose. <laughs> and you're just like, wow, this is happening. And then there's a guy next to him in the hospital who's like watching it all. And when she leaves, he's like, wow, man, greener pastures. <laughs> and I'm just oh like, my God. There's a yeah. lot of character acting in this movie. I, it, this is a very adorable, like I kind of wish this was a sitcom. <laughs> yes. It has that feeling. 
I mean, Peter Boyle's there, so. But, yeah, it's very, so then, of course, Peter Gallagher in his rebornness proposes to her now for real, and she says yes. <laughs> it's like, why? She says yes um, because basically, like, she told her, like, she hasn't traveled or anything. And it's kind of, is this part's a little confusing because, like, Bill Pullman has and her have talked about, like, her dad and everything and how, like, he didn't get to travel and now she hasn't really either. But it's never really, like, clarified whether she hasn't traveled just because she doesn't have money because that's kind of what I assumed or if it's because she just hasn't let herself. And so Bill Pullman, like, kind of gives her shit about that. And I'm like, wait, does she actually have the money for that? Or, like, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> she says yes because Peter Gallagher is rich and she's, like, having a crisis. Um and then at the wedding, which is her and Bill uh, which Pullman, is, which is at the fucking is, hospital, which is yeah, it's which uh, would be cute if they were a real couple. <laughs> at the at the wedding, Sandra Bullock and Bill Pullman share their feelings. The whole family and Sandra Bullock reveals that the whole truth to everyone, and she tells them that she fell in love with the family, and that's why she like. That's why she kept the lie up and then they're crying and they're like upset, but they're also like, you know, love her. And then they're all yelling because because Allie Walker comes in. It's so wild how much they love her. She's engaged to me. (laughs) They love her so much. And it's so it's so wild because like it I was trying to imagine that marriage would be a disaster, but I almost feel like it'd be one of those things where like every single time they fight, the family would be like we take her side. Yeah, they'd be like, <laughs> you don't deserve her. And like, she's coming to Thanksgiving. <laughs> we like her. If you leave her, we're still inviting her. Absolutely. A hundred percent. We'll disinvite you. <laughs> she like storms out of her wedding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, man, this movie is so weird. This movie is so of its time. This is so 1995. I say that as a person who was three in 1995, but whatever. It is. Totally is. <laughs> Um, oh my god, did you? Okay, so uh, recently on Twitter, there was this thing where you could figure out like what movies came out when you were born. Did you check that? I know, I did not. Oh, yeah, I think you were in still in Twitter jail while this was happening. Should I do that? Um, so on the podcast, so I did it and I found out that the number one movie in America was A League of Their Own the day before I was born, and then and then like at the like it was or the day that i was born and then like right after that like the next day honey i blew up the kid came out (laughs) and that's my number one movie is that is that like and i'm just like that um that tells me so much about i don't know there was one yeah i was on box office mojo um okay there was like there's like some link that everyone was using too but yeah it was so weird because i'm just like it's so this is such a this is such an encapsulation of the 90s of course a league of their own was top of the box office until honey i blew up the oh, kid absolutely can you imagine honey i blew up the kid making that much money now <laughs> i mean no <laughs> <laughs> I love those movies, but they don't deserve that. (laughs) (laughs) Like I love, I love Rick. Um, The 90s were so weird. This, while you were sleeping feels so 90s that I almost fell asleep because anything, because I was born in 92, anything that was made. (laughs) And you're like, I'm young, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) 
said. <laughs> but like anything that comes out in the 90s, I immediately feel this like sense of calm and oh, this feeling like that a I can baby. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You hate me. <laughs> you know what? I'm t- <laughs> No, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Like it's, like it, no, it, it I, feels I, I like it's like it's my like it's it's a it's a moment in time that I understand so distinctly that oh, it for just sure. doesn't. It, it's just not challenging at all. Well, it's like come. It's comforting. It's familiar, and it's like when you were like forming. You know, like it's like yeah. when you were like a child. It's like the sense it, like the sensibilities that you were used to. Um, Dick Tracy is is mine. I've never seen it. Me neither. So I feel very like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) At least you... At least yours is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never seen Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy. I remember. I've listened to the "You Must Remember This" podcast. With, no, I'm gonna, talking about I'm gonna watch this podcast. and project everything about myself onto it. <laughs> <laughs> now I need to see Dick Tracy so that you can get to know me. Yes, <laughs> I, I need, need to rewatch <laughs> "Honey, I Blew Up the Kid." <laughs> Wait, was it "Honey, I Blew Up the Kid" or "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids"? It was Which "Honey, one? I Blew Up the Kid." Oh yeah, that, that is a different that mood. Came out, that came out on July. That is so rude. That came out on July seventeenth. I was born on July sixteenth. This is rude. I could have just been you were like so close to League of Their Own because what? like that's way more your vibe. Yeah, I mean, it's like well, while I was being birthed, "A League of Their Own" was still the most popular movie. It's so weird because I'm just. Like this makes sense. Like yeah. it seems like I would come this, into the world for this. This absolutely fits. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. The nineties are so weird. They were. They I were. Feel, but I feel like so much of our podcast is looking at the nineties because the nineties I feel like is the nineties had so many of these. And I'm not saying that of course they were rom coms before the nineties. There were plenty of them. There were a bunch of them in the fifties and everything. But there's something about rom coms in the nineties where it just felt like they were just coming off a conveyor belt. It's so yeah, strange. There were so many of them. And I also feel like like yeah, I feel like they were coming off a conveyor belt and it was actually like everybody was watching them. Even mm-hmm. if even if people were like, oh, everyone was watching. Or they were them. like, you know, they pretended they didn't like them. Whereas people like were now, actually going to see them, and now I feel like they've kind of been pushed to the side again. Right. There's a lot of really so bad resentful. ones. I feel like yeah, it's just people the are like, oh, it's of just the so fluffy. Like everyone's still mad about the '90s, so nobody wants to yeah. go see them anymore. <laughs> exactly. They're like, what is it going to do this time? You know, and then they go see like, yeah, I don't know. This I'm not is why make... nobody saw nobody saw a new classic Home Again. <laughs> with Reese with his <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Reese. Home again is is white entertainment. Like <laughs> but <laughs> but but it's so so soothing. <laughs> I just I was just like it's like it was made in the nineties. Yeah, just like oh like pet my head. <laughs> And then Please. everyone else in the movie give theater some, is like, why is she yelling that? Give me some cocoa and like a nice blanket. Yeah. And like a Charlie Charlie Brown blanket. A Charlie Brown blanket. Oh my Thank gosh, yeah. Oh, I want to listen to a cassette tape now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just turned into a BuzzFeed <laughs> list. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. yeah, so. <laughs> this, this is a movie. This is a movie. And I mean, you can watch it. You like, can totally watch it. You can it. totally watch it. It won't it's kill you. It's not going to make you. You I mean, it die. might frustrate you with the lies, but it's not going to yeah. make you angry no. in the ways that a lot of the movies we talk about would. Yeah. So, 
you know, go check out Bill Pullman. See what you feel. Oh, he's so fine. I I'm know. actually so mad that I'm he like was never like right now. Oh my god! And he's been with the same woman for a long time. Oh which my god, that's so hotter. attractive, right? Okay, you understand. Yeah. I, I thought and I was it's the not only like, one. And it's not like that thing where you're like, I want to ruin their marriage. You're you just like really happy that it it's exists. It's just really, it's just really, it's, it's just yeah. really sexy it's when so men sexy. are like consistent. Yeah, exactly. And especially when it's somebody like with a platform <sighs> who like you know has even more access. Yes. Wow. So oh I god. hope everybody is thinking about. <laughs> I have no idea how long we've been talking. I have no concept of time. Um, oh, well, the computer is on the screensaver and I don't have your password. <laughs> so if this is three hours long or 40 minutes, I don't know. But I don't know. We love what if y'all. it's like 30 minutes long? And it's we've probably like, barely, like 30. <laughs> we've like we been talking about the 90s for 15 minutes. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, just watch stuff that's made in the '90s. You know, chill out. You know, it's it, the times are hard. You know, we never talk about politics specifically on this podcast, which yeah. I hope is very calming for you all. Yeah, but is, we're aware is, of it. We are both aware. I mean, if you follow either of us on Twitter, you know that <laughs> we're aware, and we spend so much of our time being angry that we really come to this podcast specifically as a time not to be angry, as a time to think about fictional romance, because sometimes. You need something else to look at. So, so please, you know, enjoy, you know, enjoy while you were sleeping. You know, watch, watch a romance or two, yeah. you know, take care of yourself because, because it's, it's been rough. It's been really rough. It's been really rough. A lot of terrible things have happened. And we want you to know that like, we love you. This is of course an anti bigot podcast. Yes. Entirely. Absolutely. This is basically a leftist podcast. Yes. Honestly, <laughs> if we're being one. This is a leftist romance <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and like, and you, and I think it's really easy to forget to take care of yourself when there's so many things to be angry or sad about. Um, but, I know it sounds very Hallmark, but like you really matter. So you do be nice to yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, next week, who knows? Yeah. What we'll talk about. But we don't know. We haven't decided yet. Yeah. We haven't decided. And I just want you to have a, have great, a great week. week. Yeah. We love you. Bye. Bye. Uh, yeah. Back it up. Back it up. Let's dump this truck.